Hello, and welcome to In the Limelight, Vanity Fair's entertainment and pop culture podcast. I'm Josh Duboff, Vanity Fair's senior writer, and I'm here with Julie Miller, Vanity Fair's senior Hollywood writer. On In the Limelight, we analyze the ins and outs of pop culture, entertainment, and celebrity from the past week, from the Kardashians to Kate Middleton and everything in between. On this week's episode, we'll be discussing Princess Charlotte's new photo. I like how that makes it sound like a selfie or something. (laughs) (laughs) Gwyneth Paltrow's misconnection with a flight attendant and Beyonce's interesting, we'll say, courtside appearance. But first, Josh, mover and shaker that he is, has some very exciting plans for Monday nights. Tonight, Josh, what are they? Tonight is the first Monday in May, as it's called, (laughs) which uh, means it's the Met Ball, which is often called, I guess, the Oscars of fashion. Sounds like I'm doing like a PR pitch right now. Uh, But it's like all the top celebrities, tech moguls, athletes, models, actresses, the whole shebang. Everyone comes to the Met Ball. And this year, the hosts are Katy Perry, Tom Brady and Giselle Bundchen, Pharrell Williams. Uh, And the theme is Comme des Garçons, the fashion brand. So it's a very kind of exciting year. It's also only the second time a living designer has been honored. Yeah, so I'm not going to the actual... Met Ball itself, which is the event where, you know, everyone comes in from the red carpet and they sit down. Katy Perry is going to be performing. But as soon as that's over, I'm told most of the celebrities are going to stop by this after party at the um, National Academy Museum. It's sort of the official after party, and I'm going to be at that. And then I just found out, actually, I'm also going to be attending Rihanna's after party, uh, which is going to be held at One Oak. They told me people don't start showing up at that one till 1 a.m. So oh, my gosh. Be, I love Rihanna had to have you there. I know. Well, I'm also excited because you guys will be listening to this after the Met Ball, but I guess that's proof that Rihanna is coming tonight because Rihanna didn't go last year, which to me felt like a Met Ball without Rihanna is like a, 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 you know, summer without the sun. (laughs) But, But I can do better. Give me some time. By the end of the episode, I'll come back with another metaphor for that. I'm excited because the Met Ball after party, that was the scene a few years back of the whole Solange Jay-Z elevator incident, right? Yeah. Well, I was talking with someone last week about how to me the Met Ball is, aside from being just an amazing place to see, you know, 170 photos in a slideshow of like your favorite (laughs) celebrities dressed up. It also sets the tenor for the rest of the year, like the gossip cycle. I feel like there was three, because I think three, not to get too academic about this, but a few years ago, obviously, as you mentioned, was Solange and the famous Jay-Z Solange encounter in the elevator. And then there was two years ago, this wasn't quite the same level, but Reese Witherspoon being drunk in the elevator with Cara Delevingne. And um, like that other- I love that. Yeah, that, that other coterie of like famous people. And then last year was Tom Hiddleston and Taylor Swift. They like started dancing at the Met Ball and then they shortly thereafter began dating. So three years in a row, like a big gossip item has kicked off the rest of the year from the Met Ball. So I'm very excited. Maybe I'll be part of whatever it is this year. I know. Who are you (laughs) going to be in an elevator with? Well, I'm so excited to hear about your game plan. What is it? What are you going to be wearing? If there was ever a time to just go all out and go for like a top hat or a beret look or, you know, yeah, (laughs) yeah, maybe some like unusual eye makeup or, you know, like a glittery uh, scarf. I talked to someone in the fashion department here who was like, and I kind of mentioned my hopes to him. 
And he said, no, 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 you're just going to do your regular tux, <laughs> which I think was a sign from him that I cannot pull off any such unusual fashion attempts. So, you know, I'm just going with my standard look. I think I have to find some sort of way to, in some, you know, Come de Garçon's famous for those striped t-shirts. Like maybe I can incorporate that in oh, somehow. I like that. A little bit of whimsy. Yeah. A little bit of a sailor aesthetic. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> like a Venetian tour guide. Yes. The idea of me trying to in any way like dress to this theme is just making me laugh. But wow. I don't know. I, I want to find some little way to spice things up. Um, well, I very much look forward to your text messages. I hope I get them. Um, and then tomorrow, even though I'm sure you're going to be out till like 6 a.m. with Rihanna, hopefully you'll just roll back into the <laughs> studio. I think um, we're going to have to do, we're going to have to do like an Oscar style when you and me recorded not having gone to sleep. Maybe I'll still be awake and you'll be waking up on the West Coast and then we'll talk on the phone. Yes, but because I want all of our listeners to hear your recap this week. So Josh is going to call in tomorrow, tell us everything that happens, the latest um, elevator drama. Julie, who are you most excited to see on the red carpet? Well, you at the after parties, <laughs> obviously. Me photobombing Gwyneth Paltrow's uh, photo. But other than that, well, I think one of the questions I was talking to someone is if Beyonce is going to attend. But she, she attended last year, but she's obviously very, very pregnant. And I feel like she probably, she was in LA, what we're going to talk about later, last, yesterday, right? Right. I feel like she isn't going to go. Like Solange will be there. Solange has right, already posted, right. talked about, uh, hinted at what she might be wearing. But I don't know. I guess Blake Lively I'll be interested in seeing. Mm -hmm. I mean, I wish Tom Hardy was going and like bringing a dog, like a whole entourage, a canine entourage. Speaking of podcast favorites, you know who I was thinking should attend, but I'm sure won't, Meghan Markle. Um, (sighs) I thought this could be like a good way for her to make her fancy public debut on the world stage, but I don't think she's going to go. No, I don't think she's going to go either. But I think it's going to be really... Rihanna always brings it. Remember Mm -hmm. when she wore that amazing yellow Uh, gown with like a 50-foot train? And I read an article earlier this morning, which I didn't realize, or I guess I should have picked up on this, but the celebrities are given like a staggered arrival time. And so some, you know, are supposed to come right at the beginning, but then there's some like Rihanna who come like 15 minutes late. And I feel like Rihanna's always the last one. And I feel like she always sneaks in right when it's about to start and everyone's like been waiting the whole red carpet for Rihanna. Ugh. I'm very excited to see what she wears. I wonder if Rihanna will change. I don't know. I wonder if people change in between to the, for the after parties. I bet. I just hope that... You know, the night ends with you and Kendall Jenner on a banquet somewhere, kind of scrolling through your iPhone feeds very casually. Yeah, not even really acknowledging each other, but Kendall's <laughs> checking her feed. I'm checking my feed. Um, so, so yeah, we'll get... So now we're going to cut to our phone conversation, which hopefully uh, will take place at some point Tuesday morning, assuming I survive <laughs> the, the, uh, the events. Josh, I'm so happy you called. How late were you out? I was up very late, as you can hear in my voice right now, I'm sure. In, in case anyone was doubting the like authenticity of me having <laughs> called to this event, and then having called you the day after we recorded uh, the rest of the podcast, they will be able to tell because I sound like a strep throat or something. <laughs> 
Morning after, but, morning after, yes. So the Met Ball ended around 11, and then people, the celebrities, start going to various after parties. The first party I was at was sort of the official Comme de Garçon party, which was at the National Academy Museum. Very ornate and very, like, art school theme, like, themed almost. So, like, it felt like everyone was, like, dressed up in Comme de Garçon outfits, and, like, all the Vogue people were there. I felt very strange that I was just wearing, like, a normal tuxedo. Like, people were wearing, like, plastic and, like, you know, various, like, dresses and sculptural things, you know? In terms of celebrities, you know, it wasn't... Caroline Kennedy was there. Pharrell made an appearance. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood. But it was sort of like a chic, sort of understated crowd. It was a little bit more like... It felt like you were in the sort of theater party, like you might have been to in college, like that kind of thing. Right. Understated your euphemism for being, like, not many good celebrities. <laughs> yes, that's another way of putting it. I like the translation. I'm just so curious. Was there food at the after party? Yeah, so the party was sponsored by Fiji Water and Dom Perignon, so lots of water and champagne. I didn't really see food. Maybe there was, but this doesn't seem like the kind of party where people were, like, worrying about eating too much, you know? There was, like, this beautiful, ornate staircase. There was, like, a terrace for smoking, so all the, like, cool kids were going out to smoke in the terrace. Not to say smoking is cool, but you know what I mean. And then... Oh, I like that <laughs> note, yeah. I'm like, I'm, like, delirious right now, if you can't tell. Anyway, then... Your pockets are, like, bursting at the seams with cocktail napkins written with various messages to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, looking for Imagine. Gwyneth Paltrow, nowhere to be found. And then the school and the museum. So one of my favorite parts is there was this long hallway with, like, student artwork. And it was, like, very emo. It was, like, all these different faces with little things written underneath. Like, I, I don't do well in social situations or, like, little admissions <laughs> like that. <laughs> so... That was, like, the backdrop for this, like, glamorous party. But, and the DJ was good. It was, like, very loud, but it was, like, music you, like, have never heard before. Like, everything was very, like, uber cool, you know? Like, it wasn't music you'd hear on the radio. Um, did you see Anna Wintour? Was she there? Did not see Anna Wintour, but I did see some various Vogue editors, like uh, Hamish Bowles, like, etc. I don't know where, I'm curious what Anna does after. I asked someone and they said, like, she doesn't go to the after party. So, I don't know. Have you heard anything about what Anna does after the Met Ball? No, but I want to fantasize that she goes to Shake Shack, just marches yeah. into Shake Shack and orders herself, I don't know, yeah, like, Shack like Burger. She completely rejects the, like, anything sort of, like, she's done with the fancy and the glamour after the whole Met Ball is over. Just one more thing. How long did you put in at the first party? Wow, we're just liking my editor right now. Um, I put in two hours, and then we got word. I was told that people were going to start showing up to Rihanna's around, like, 1 a.m. Apparently, a lot of celebrities went to Boom Boom Room, where Katy Perry was having a party, which may have been why there weren't quite as many at the National Academy Museum party I was at. Um, and then a whole bunch of people went down at, from the museum to One Oak, which is where Rihanna's party was. It's like full-on nightclub, like you would see in like an Entourage episode with, you know, the bottle service waitresses and like the banquettes. I would say like it was to maximum capacity at the height of the party. Rihanna was definitely the main event. It was her party. She walked in, she changed from the outfit she wore to the actual Met Ball. So she was wearing like a much more club appropriate sort of like white shirt <laughs> and then with like a green belt and then oversized sunglasses. And 
she came in with like a crew of 15 people and then she kind of just stationed herself in one of the banquettes. And what I kind of loved was that if you're Rihanna, like you don't have to move. She just stayed in the exact same place the entire party and everyone just came to her. That's a power move. I know. There aren't that many people who I feel like can do that. Maybe 20 minutes after she arrived, Madonna arrived. Um, Ooh. But Madonna, but Madonna like went over. I just, I, I was so fascinated by all these interactions, obviously. I'm just like staring at them, basically. Madonna comes. She like says hello to Rihanna. They take a photo. But then Madonna was with the designer, Jeremy Scott. And they kind of just were in the banquette next to Rihanna. But like back to back. There weren't that many people there at this point, so it wasn't, like, super loud or crazy. So Madonna and Rihanna are just sort of, like, 20 feet apart from each other for, like, half an hour, not speaking. Like, they're back-to-back. Rihanna's texting, uh, talking to some of her friends. Madonna's, like, talking to Jeremy Scott, like, listening to the music. And I was like, why aren't they talking to each other? I feel like they should have so much to talk about. No, I love that. I love that they're not going to make polite conversation. Like, if they don't want to talk to each other, they don't even, like, make overtures. It was pointed, like, uh, Alyssa, who you know, was there, and she was saying it was just funny that it was, like, clearly, like, they just weren't going to talk. They kind of both had made that, like, internal decision. I almost feel like if they had talked, it would have, like, the whole energy in the room would have combusted. The energy was separated, which was almost, like, good for the room, you know? Um, right. Had Madonna but, changed or no? No, Madonna was still in that, like, army-themed outfit. Um, right, I saw that. Yeah. So, And then Madonna didn't stay super long. She kind of just stayed in that Jeremy Scott banquette, and then she left. Then, like, quickly thereafter, it just became, like, a deluge. So Kendall Jenner with a whole crew of Bella Hadid, uh, ASAP Rocky, Alexander Wang. I described it almost as like a tiered cake. They were all in this other banquette, and it was like one like group of people at the top, which was Zoe Kravitz. Zoe Kravitz was the coolest person at the whole party. It was like Why? Zoe Kravitz. She just was so in her own, like, just having a blast. Like, I feel like she wasn't, like, looking around to see who was talking to who or anything. She just was, like, dancing, having, a like, a ball, looking fabulous and chic. Like, I don't know. She just seemed so above it, but not in, like, a pretentious, weird way, you know? Right. I also went, I also went up to tell her that I was, like, we all love Big Little Lives. <laughs> you have said, to. That was your, you, like, yeah, like you I felt not. like I had no choice. And she was like, oh, thank you. Like, it's so nice that everyone loves the show so much. Like, she was very sweet about it. And then I asked what she was doing. She's like, I'm just so tired. Like, probably from all the dancing, like, at the end of the night. Kendall was, like, doing her thing, handing out shots. Uh, Kendall was having a great time, super exuberant. She was wearing these giant hoop earrings. And she was right next to ASAP Rocky, who I guess she's rumored to be dating. And it sort of, it was hard to tell what was going on with them. She was, like, dancing in front of him, kind of. But they weren't really talking much. And then. Gosh, there were just so many different factions. That That's what was so interesting to me, too. It was like across from Rihanna was Diddy's group, and he was with Kerry oh, Washington. Wow. So Diddy was holding court with Kerry Washington, uh, Pharrell, and Jemima Kirk from Girls, which was my favorite pairing, that Jemima Kirk was, like, dancing right next to Diddy. <laughs> and then that was such a metball thing to me, that, like the, the idea of the two of them interacting, you know? There was, like, the comedian crew, so, like, Nick Kroll and John Mulaney and Aziz Ansari, Donald Glover. They were all kind of, like, hanging out and probably, like, wisecracking jokes. Then there was, like, the models. So then the models was, like, Lily Aldridge, Joan Smalls, all of them. There was also, like, this, like, British kind of faction. So, like, Felicity Jones, Riz Ahmed. 
like the Star Wars. Yeah, 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 Star Wars. I saw them hugging, and I was like, how do they know each other? And I was like, oh, Star Wars. And then, oh, Claire Foy was there from The Crown. Oh, um, love her. Queen Elizabeth she, herself. Yeah, and, it was, and I went up, and I, was, I said that we were, like, the podcast was big fans and of The Crown, whatever, and then we were talking, and she was like, this is the weirdest thing. Like, she was like, the whole thing was so surreal to her. And she was, like, looking up at Rihanna. She was like, I cannot believe it. this was just, like, Rihanna hanging out, and I'm like, at this party. Like, she was very sweet. She was, like, very, like, kind of just taking it all in. But I also loved that she was staying close to um, Prince Philip from the show. They were, like, together the whole night. Um, oh. But, like, in their party attire, like, obviously looking like modern people in 2017. And it was just funny having, like, watched the show and thought of them in the way of, like, you know, the formal garb they wear on the show. She was having a blast. She looked phenomenal. Then John Legend and Chrissy Teigen. I was just writing up the party report, which will be on VanityFair.com by the time you're listening to this, I guess. They were in their own area. And I was just, it was just funny to me. Like, they weren't even near Rihanna or anyone. I don't even think they saw the other people. And it was funny to me, like, any other night, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen would be, like, the main event at a party. But this, like, no one even, like, really realized they were there. So Rihanna was definitely sort of the center of attention. But because there were so many other famous people just everywhere, Alexander Skarsgård, Ansel Elgort, Halle Berry, like everywhere you were looking, there was someone. So it kind of was just a lot. But Rihanna, I felt like was, she was eating Chinese food out of a carton. She was like taking shots. She Wait, was what? Did she have it like delivered to her? Did yeah, she bring I'll it? Send, I'll send you, I'll post the photo on Twitter or Instagram or something. I don't know how, where it emerged from, but all of a sudden she's like eating Chinese food. I mean, like, she just had the best night. Like, I feel like if you're Rihanna, you can just get whatever. I assume she asked someone for Chinese food. I don't really know how it happened. Because no one else, it wasn't like a, it wasn't like a food at the party. Oh, God. Anyway, so, like, that Where were you stationed with your, like, binoculars? Where were you stationed? There was a while when Rihanna was, like, hanging out with Mary J. Blige and Cara Delevingne. Like, they all went up with her, and they were all, like, swaying to the music. Cara Delevingne's head was painted silver. I don't know if you saw that. Um, I did see so that. So she was, like, very much, like, standing out in the crowd. <laughs> um, uh, where was I? I was, like, kind of milling about. There weren't that many people in, actually, the club, so it was kind of easy to just kind of go wherever you wanted to go. I sort of stayed near Rihanna. At one point, I moved more towards, like, where the John Legend, Chrissy Teigen area was because it was a whole other vibe there because Kelly Baldwin was there, and that's where the Crown people were. There were sort of different areas and pockets, and, like, you could definitely have been at the party and not seen a lot of people if you weren't, like, really moving around. I just can't believe how many people were at Rihanna's after party. Oh, oh right. And then, okay, so then so then at the end, I'm ready to leave, sort of, and then all of a sudden the Olsen twins arrive, and I'm like, this is, I can't leave when the Olsen twins have just gotten here. It's probably, like, uh, 3 a.m. at this point, <laughs> 3.30, <laughs> and so the Olsens are having a blast. Like, the Olsons were living their best life. They were with a group of friends. They were, like, as, as compared to how you sometimes see them in red carpet photos, where I just feel like you don't quite... They always look so dour and unhappy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, instead of that, they were, like, so exuberant and joyful. And Wonderwall came on at, like, 3.30 a.m., and they were belting out Wonderwall while they were smoking cigarettes. <laughs> so that was, that was actually probably my favorite part of the whole thing, other than seeing Rihanna eating the Chinese food. The Olsens also were very unaffected. I, like, I felt like people were coming up to them, and they seemed fine with it. Like, they seemed really chill. 
they were loving the music. They kind of changed the music. I feel like Rihanna left, and then it was like Olsen time. And then they played Jack and Diane, Wonderwall, like a whole different vibe of music. Yeah, white girl music, yeah. <laughs> then, then the, almost the weirdest part of the whole night, so the Olsons are there. There's still like a few, Cara Delevingne, um, like Adriana Lima was there at this point, Haley Baldwin still. So there was still like, you know, some big celebrities were still there, but... You know, like Rihanna had left at this point, Bella and Kendall had left. Um, and then all of a sudden I heard all this commotion and it's like still like three thirty, three forty five, and Katy Perry walks in with like What? A, with like a few people. But it was like almost felt like a mirage. Like, I don't know. I mean, if I hadn't like double checked with other people there, like I might have thought I was systematic hallucinating it. But she was like in her red sheath thing or whatever she was wearing. I don't know. I had heard maybe earlier in the night that she was supposed to be coming. I think she's friends with Rihanna. She used to be friends with Rihanna. I don't know what the current status of their friendship is. But Rihanna was gone. So she, it was just such a strange scene because Katie walked in. She kind of looked around the whole club, didn't see anyone like Rihanna or anyone, and she just left. So she probably like stayed for like one minute. So I don't know if she like got her wires crossed with Rihanna and like didn't get the t- her texting go through or something and Rihanna like her <laughs> right. but like it was very bizarre. I just feel like but I mean like celebrity stuff is usually just so orchestrated. I'm it's kind of just funny to see Katy Perry like walk in and walk out and like not stay or talk to anybody. I love that you stayed longer than Rihanna at Rihanna's party. <laughs> <laughs> That's true, but I did not outstay the Olsons, which I'm feeling a little bad about. When I left, the Olsons are still going strong. After Katy Perry decided she wasn't going to spend any more time in the room, I was like, I think it's time for me to leave. <laughs> so then blah, 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 me talking about last night, being hungover, blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> then, and then uh, I, I guess yeah, how do we, and- Trying to figure out how should we transition into Gwyneth. That was our report from Monday nights, and now we're cutting back to the other segments. We that's way too clinical. <laughs> that was like, no, that, that the beginning was great. Okay, uh, so that was Josh's report from on the ground at the Met Ball, and now back to what we recorded Monday in the studio. So on mm. Sunday we had an Instagram that I, it shook me to the core. I, don't, I think, Julie, you had a similar wow. reaction. <laughs> I don't even think that was overselling it too much. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow, uh, she Instagrammed a photo of a note that was written on a cocktail napkin, and a flight attendant gave it to her. And the note reads, I was once a daddy's girl, too. Blessings. So that's written in you know a pen on the napkin. And then Gwyneth captioned it, when a flight attendant you've never met kind of knows you better than anyone. Hashtag daddy's girl. Wow. So Gwyneth has talked a lot in the past about being so close to her dad and being, uh, uh, as she said, a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and he passed away and, like a decade or so ago or even uh, that might be wrong. A decade or so. I think like in her cookbook, she included yeah. like Bruce's pancake recipe because yeah. it was like a staple growing up. But so, Josh, what shook you to your core about this? <laughs> well, okay, so two things. One is, and then I'm very curious to hear your reaction, because I thought it was interesting that 
you don't often see, I've been following her on Instagram for some time now. This is like a very different kind of post from her. It's usually like a sunset from her vacation or a photo of her children from behind with like some sort of, you know, nothing like a good ice cream in the summer kind of thing. And and it's like a very kind of, you know, positive, like a lot of celebrity feeds, you know. So this kind of cut to something so much more real and it was just kind of jarring, you know. And I loved that. I feel like she was sharing something personal. And then I also just was very intrigued by the whole scenario, as I know you were, of like, what happened here? Because the flight attendant obviously recognized Gwyneth Paltrow, I assume. And And so I'm imagining that whoever this flight attendant was sort of, oh, my God, I'm serving Gwyneth, you know, a ginger ale. You know, I want to say something. I want to like communicate to her. I don't know if they're like allowed to say anything to celebrities, but this was like his or her way of doing it. And I just think it's so... Um, I feel like, like it's a very cool move. Like you don't want to disrupt the celebrity. You know that they're probably in the zone. Maybe she was on her listening to her iPod. Right. Listening to our podcast, last episodes in the limelight. <laughs> it's almost like the ver- the commoner, I always say commoner, the commoner celebrity version of like giving your phone number to someone and like in a flirtatious way at a bar. It's like risky, but there's this kind of, I don't know, flattery involved in it. And then the kind of elation and rush of handing over the note. And then, but I guess it's kind of... Oh my gosh, you are (laughs) role-playing here. You're really... (laughs) I can't believe I just described that as elation and rush of like this weird Instagram Gwyneth Paltrow posted. But it is to me, I don't know. I just felt like there was something very moving about it. Maybe I'm just in a very fragile state and says more about me than anything else. I thought it was also very sweet and genuine. And especially you see all of these celebrity Instagrams where it seems very much like maybe their assistant. You wrote an entire piece about this for Vanity Fair about celebrity social media staff, how someone else is doing it. But this did feel very personal. I also immediately thought about Gwyneth Paltrow's 2003 (laughs) comedy, View from the Top. (laughs) Yeah, wait, my favorite thing in the script that Julie wrote is, also, remember View from the Top? Do you think she's especially beloved by the flight attendant community? Which is such a good point. I feel like flight attendants must feel some affinity to her, right? Right, because in the movie, wasn't it her life's dream to become (laughs) a flight attendant? And she finally succeeded. So I imagine... You know, if you're going to be portrayed on the big screen, I would be flattered to have Gwyneth Paltrow play my demographic. I was thinking also how intense of a note it is. Like, okay, like here's your chance. You're going to give Gwyneth Paltrow a napkin with this whatever wish you want to write to her on it. And this is what you decide. It's almost kind of a like weird prophecy or something. Like it, it's a really intense note, no? It is a very intense note. I kind of prefer to believe my fictional scenario is maybe the flight attendant didn't even know Gwyneth Paltrow. Maybe she doesn't have a TV, doesn't go and see movies. Mm. She just like is some sort of psychic. I like that. Also, because I was once a daddy's girl, too, because it's like the flight attendant's bringing his or herself into it. Or girl, so I guess a girl. (laughs) But I, I feel like it's there's like this whole other layer to it of like you're connecting yourself to Gwyneth. Also, does this happen to Gwyneth <laughs> on a daily basis? Does she go to the bank and the bank teller slips her a note like a taxi driver scrawling something on a receipt? I don't know. I'm I, curious. I, I wonder if this flight attendant realizes that her note to Gwyneth made it onto Gwyneth's feed. Um, right. And then now is this going to be like a chance for her to reach out? I don't know. I feel like there's a lot. Because remember, um, you know, Ross Matthews, the e-commentator? Do you remember this story? <laughs> he reached out to Gwyneth because he wanted to like become her friend. 
I think he met her on a red carpet or something. And then fo- oh. and then she gave him her email. And then I guess he emailed her. And then they like got drinks a few times or something. That just <laughs> makes me really incredibly sad. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I don't. Julie's perma grimace during my entire telling of that story was like, I'm so happy I told it just to get that. Um, <laughs> well, I, I want to bring it back to like a lighter place. I was going to ask what you would have written on a cocktail napkin to Gwyneth, but she Instagrammed this morning that she's going to be at the Met Ball, potentially wearing Calvin Klein. So, Josh, like, this is your opportunity. I feel like you could even scrawl something on a napkin oh. this afternoon and just have it in your pocket waiting. That's such a good That's such a, a good call. Or having, like, multiple napkins for different scenarios. Right. If, she, if she's wearing, like, a cool headband, love that you took the bold step to, you know, embrace your inner wild child or something. Or, what are you going to say? God, right. I, I better do better than that for my example. Um, well, I feel like you should. I feel like this is your mission. Well, I've written a lot about Goop, and I did get to meet her briefly a year ago, and we ended up talking about murder you remember this? We talked. I asked her about. <laughs> no, I I didn't finish that sentence. We talked Set about the scene. We Set talked the about scene. Where okay. Were you? So it was at some dinner Goop was doing at this restaurant called La Serena, and we like you drove a Cadillac to the dinner, but I can't drive, so I'd like be in the back seat. It was borderline humiliating. <laughs> then I got so you, so you were chauffeured. You were chauffeured. No, no, right? no. By by another dinner guest. Like the idea was that we were all oh. supposed to try out these cars, taking them to the dinner. So then, but I can't drive, or I can't, I technically can drive, but I haven't driven in a long time. Wow, this is, see, like, Gwyneth just <laughs> does this to people. You want to just start spilling your personal details. So so then I get to this dinner, and then I, a few journalists got to ask her a few questions before the dinner. It was a very brief interview, but for whatever reason, I, was, I asked her uh, what television shows she was really into, like, last summer. And she was like, I just love murder mystery shows. And she went on this really long, but like very involved and like she was very into it and like kind of explaining all the different murder shows. She was watching The Night Of. She was watching a British one I'd never heard of. She was just working through the different shows. Then she got really into just how much she loves watching shows about murder. But the quote was just so ridiculous and amazing about her being like, murder, murder, murder's my thing. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Moving from Gwyneth to her dear friend, Beyonce. (laughs) Because they're good friends. It's true. Uh, this is a very interesting sighting, I guess, for those Beyonce pregnancy conspiracy theorists. I don't know if there are any conspiracy theorists out there anymore. But Beyonce, on Sunday night, she went with Jay-Z to a Los Angeles Clippers game, which is basketball. She did not look thrilled to be there. She looked very pregnant. Of course, she's always wearing, like, stilettos. So she she looked immaculate. Like, the fashion was on point, per usual. And I only know this because my husband, Ryan, was watching basketball downstairs. And he knows that the only chance of me, like, even entering the room is for him to say, like, oh, Beyonce's on television. Beyonce's at the game. So he called me down. And I, I watched very briefly. And as soon as the camera cut away, I returned to my quarters (laughs) i love there was one photo i saw on twitter of her at the game and she was she had these those giant sunglasses on which you alluded to but she was drinking from like that you see this from like a diet coke or something and she just looked so not into the whole scene but like it was very serene like she just was like in a whole other planet i felt which i understand because i'm never thrilled to be at a basketball game either (laughs) yeah like especially if you're that pregnant you're uncomfortable you're wearing stilettos 
Like, it just makes sense. But then there were also photos of Jay-Z rubbing her stomach. We need. And she just looked over it. She's been very out there this whole weekend, too, because she also went to this event for Tina's, her mother's wearable art line or something. I read the whole paragraph caption she wrote and still didn't understand what was happening. So but it was something her mom was doing. And then I saw her mom commented on the Instagram, like, I couldn't love you more, Beyonce. So Tina was very touched that Beyonce decided to show. Um, but my favorite thing, and we have to read this, is Julie, I need you to read Ryan, your husband's commentary was <laughs> watching Beyonce and seeing <laughs> her on the television, I guess, when he was watching this game. Well, because Josh and I are not that into sports, so I needed some kind of like professional insight. I wondered if Ryan had any sense, having watched the game, why she looked so unhappy. And of course, the Clippers lost, but he also said... And this is just the kind of breaking, important celebrity reporting you're going to get on in the limelight. But he said... It's really someone, good. You guys don't know what you're in for. Someone spilled popcorn right by Beyonce on the court. Not sure if it was her or Jay-Z or the guys to their left. I guess they had to pause the game and one of the ball boys came out to clean it up. Other than that, though, no observations. I was more interested in the game. As you know, I don't really care for Beyonce. If you want to talk, Riri, though. <laughs> Meaning Rihanna. And, and long-time, li- long-time <laughs> listeners of this podcast will remember Ryan always. <laughs> like, he never wants to discuss Beyonce and Rihanna's his girl. So, but how embarrassed would you be if you spilled, <laughs> if you, one, were sitting next to Beyonce and then you just like dumped out your entire bucket of popcorn? Well, I love Ryan's kind of <laughs> sly, not sure if she or Jay spilled it or the guys to their <laughs> left. Like he's subtly like placing some potential blame on Beyonce, which like is pretty bold. <laughs> Like, <laughs> I know. Like, if anything here, it's Beyonce's fault for interrupting that game in his mind. I know. I feel like really the undercurrent of this is Ryan is just so <laughs> pissed off that whatever Beyonce's popcorn adjacent fiasco was stopped the game for a minute. And he was just fuming, wishing it was Rihanna instead, <laughs> who never would have spilled popcorn. It's like the perfect commentary. From one royal court to another. Oh, so uh, good. <laughs> Tuesday is Princess Charlotte's second birthday, and in honor of that, the palace released a portrait on Monday today, taken again by Kate Middleton, and really another rare glimpse at Charlotte. Uh, Josh, do you want to kind of describe the image? Yes. Also, um, another there's so many gems in the script. The first thing it says under that we're going to talk about Princess Charlotte's second birthday is, happy birthday, girlfriend. (laughs) Charlotte, for now, from the podcast, is going to just be known as girlfriend. But yeah, okay. So Kate Middleton took this photo, which is like sort of become, it's not even a surprise anymore. Like all these kind of official birthday portraits are becoming more unusual for it not to be Kate than for it to be Kate. There are two things I thought were interesting. One is that it's it's like cropped right where the toy Charlotte's holding is. Did you wow, notice? Wow, you're not even describing Charlotte. <laughs> oh. You're getting right into the criticism of the the image. Charlotte looks great. A lot of people are commenting that she looks like the Queen's mirror image mini me. I saw a few side by sides floating around the whole internet. She does look to me a lot like the Queen. I don't know. Did you? I, I, I that stuff she, kind of doesn't amuse me that much. I don't know. She's adorable. Yeah, she's adorable. She's in a barn for yes. some reason. I, well, the, ha- I the, was... the haystacks was the second thing I was going to mention. Like, what is going on in the background? 
All we know is that the photo was taken at the family's country home in Norfolk, England, and Charlotte is wearing this, like, yellow sweater with lambs on it. More on that sweater to come. But, Josh, okay, you're diving right into Wait, the, that, the that, that has me intrigued. Are you gonna, do you have some information about the sweater? <laughs> well, friend of the pod, Ben Park, yeah. G-chatted because he really wanted us to discuss the image. And he said that it's weird that they dress these toddlers <laughs> like they're little old men and women, which is kind of there is you can see the queen almost having the identical sweater. There is something a little Benjamin Buttony about these images of royal toddlers they put out because don't they look I guess that they just want them to look very dignified. Yeah, no, I agree. I think that the, I mean, it's like how Prince George wears those shorts. You know, they always have them looking very formal. Though I do remember reading in some probably Daily Mail report that some sources were telling people that like in real life every day they dress like normal kids. But it's like whenever they're these formal portraits, they dress them up in this old British tradition, royal. They do um, geriatric cosplay. <laughs> yeah. I was worried that every day George has to get done up like that with gelled comb over hair situation <laughs> and like everything, like all those formal colored shirts. But apparently that's not the case, which made me feel somewhat relieved. Okay. But also the barn thing is so weird to me. And then my, so I was asking a colleague who is going to remain nameless about the photo. And she said, I, I said, Nick, what do you think of Kate Middleton's photography skills? And she said, well, she has a really nice camera. <laughs> so then. Oh my gosh, <laughs> that is such a burn. It was like after the longest pause too. And then I said, well, what about the actual photo? And then she's I like. Wait, I love that she was just going through her head trying to find something positive to say. And all she could think of to possibly compliment this image was, well, she has a really nice camera. And the delivery was great. And then she said her follow-up was that she thought that the photo was amateur. <laughs> so she was just like really going in on Kate's photography skills. I personally thought it was a good photo. Like Charlotte looks really cute. I think it's a nice photo. I, you know, I think it's great. I think the fact that Kate takes it as a certain charm. So personally, I'm in favor of the photo. I do agree with you on the crop, though. She did kind of crop <laughs> off her hand partially. It looked like Charlotte was maybe holding like a children's book. Yeah, it's gonna, it's a little confusing the way that the it, you can't really see what she's holding. If it's a toy, if it's a coloring book, if it's keys to the like center of the city. I don't know what <laughs> it could possibly be. But it's just it was a little bit mysterious to crop it that way. But personally, I appreciate it because I just love imagining Kate like filtering and cropping a photo on her phone for like hours on end while William's doing God knows what, checking like the sports scores or something. <laughs> I know. <laughs> what were the outtakes? I really want to know more about this barn, though. Do they have animals? Yeah, I feel like that there's like a hidden backdoor pilot of the photo is what's going on with this barn. I've never seen this barn in any photos. I've never heard anything about this barn. I'm expecting the Daily Mail to be on this if they haven't already gotten on it by tomorrow morning. Ben Park had another interesting note. I guess if you compare this to the photo they released for her first birthday, she's wearing a blue bow in her hair in each one. So, so just her trait. So she's making it very easy to dress as her for <laughs> Halloween this year. Well, that does it for this week's That would be the creepiest adult costume. (laughs) Well, watch it. When I do it, you'll be able to judge for yourself. 
that does it for this week's episode thank you guys so much for listening please remember to rate and review us let us know who your favorite best dress at the Met Ball was what you think of Kate's photography skills what you would write so many things to ask you what you would write Gwyneth Paltrow on a napkin also feel free to reach out to us on Twitter at In the Limelight to further discuss anything Uh, you can also follow us individually I'm at Julie W. Miller I'm Jay Duboff we also have an Instagram In the Limelight Pod This episode was produced by Jordan Bell and edited by Afim Shapiro. Uh, Thanks to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. Thanks so much for joining us. And until next week, no bad energy. 